The Atlanta Braves make several moves on Monday and a couple of trades in that, but the biggest move is locking up third baseman Austin Riley for 10 years and $212 million. We'll talk about that and obviously the three trades that the Braves made on Monday on this episode of Lockdown Braves and set you up for Tuesday's deadline. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see everywhere I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you may have for the podcast. And please make sure if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that thumbs up button on this video, and also hit that notification button so you get notified whenever we post a new episode. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. Got a lot to get into today. The Braves made several headlines on a Monday with the signing of Austin Riley, or the extension rather. And then three trades as well to improve the depth of the team. So we got a lot to talk about and we preview the deadline. So maybe there's some more moves to come before that 6 p.m. deadline on Tuesday. But I think we need to start out talking about this Austin Riley extension. For me, that was the biggest news on Monday on a day that was filled with a lot of Braves news. This kind of came out of nowhere. The Braves extend Austin Riley for 10 years and $212 million, and that includes a $20 million club option for an 11th year. That takes that would take him through his age 36 season. This is the largest contract in franchise history, obviously. Matt Olson's record deal that he set back in April, or March rather, uh, did not last very long as Riley surpassed that by a good amount. Riley is set to make $15 million next year, $21 million in 2024, and then for the remainder of his contract, he'll make $22 million through years 25 through 2032. Again, he turned 25 in April, so still a very young player, so that's why he gets this type of length on the deal. You worry a little bit about those last three to four years, but again, in a, any type of deal like this, when you're making a deal of that length, you're hoping those first five, six, seven years, you know, really pay off and you kind of live with what happens at the back end of that deal. And look, the Braves are in a win now window and they're in that window really for the rest of this decade. And we'll talk about more of that here in a minute. But again, sometimes in order to make these types of moves, you have to just live with possibly the back end of this deal not being very good. That's certainly not what we want to focus on. We want to focus on the fact that Austin Riley has turned himself into an MVP type of player. We wondered, I wondered, whether or not last year was just a fluke, but he has proven this year that is certainly not the case. He came out on fire to start the season, 
And then he cooled off, which maybe raised a little bit of questions again, but obviously what he did in the month of July and what he's done for the majority of this season, I think tells you the type of hitter, the type of player that Austin Riley is and what he is going to be at the major league level. And that's, you know, one of the better power hitters in baseball, but he's also hitting for average. He hit 300 last year. Look, I said it in the offseason. I don't think he ever flirts with 300 again. And here we are. He's hitting around 300 once again with two months left in the season. So he's showing you that he's more of a complete hitter, can hit for average, can hit for power. And oh, by the way, I think it's overlooked. And the metrics, for some reason, just don't do him justice. But you watch him every day, and you know he is a really good defensive player at third base as well. So I think this is a great deal for the Braves. You've now locked up first base, second base, third base, and right field, and you have Michael Harris locked up in center field for a while. And I want to talk about that next. Matt Olson signed through age or through year 2029. Acuna has team options that could take his deal through 2028. Albies has team options that take his deal through 2027. And Michael Harris is controllable through arbitration through 2028. All of those players are 28 years old or younger. So that's what's so key about all these moves that the Braves are making. They're locking up these guys when they are young. You know, we see a lot of these bad deals, and it's because teams are making these six, seven, eight-year deals when players hit free agency and they're 28, 29 years old, and they're signing them through their late 30s. The Braves are getting these deals for players when they are young and signing them through their prime years. And that's what's so great about what Alex Anthopoulos is doing. But now you've locked up your core lineup. You're going to have Acuna, Albies, Olsen, Riley, and Harris. That's five guys that are going to be in your lineup and going to be key contributors for the next six, seven years. That's guaranteed with the Braves. And well, there's a chance that some of those guys fall off. But, I mean, you feel pretty good about that core of position players for the foreseeable future. So I think this is a great move by Alex Antopoulos locking up Austin Riley, getting that done. Now you know, now you know what money you have on the books going forward. And again, that's kind of where I want to go to next. Mark Bowman reporting that the Braves want to be a top five payroll, which means that would be around 200 million if you're going to be in the top five. They're at about 180 million right now for this season. So they're already creeping that way they already have around 150 million dollars committed to next season and 120 million committed to 2024 so they already have a lot on the books with some of these contracts you know these long-term deals that they've already committed to but there's obviously still some flexibility there if they are going to be a 200 million dollar payroll which i think they should be this is a large market i mean they they corner the entire southeast they have a lot of money coming out of the battery. They've been to the postseason four years in a row, just won a World Series. This should be a large market team. This should be a $200 million type of payroll. So hopefully we see them start to act that way. You're not just going to throw around money, and that's what's so great about what the Braves front office and Alex Anthopoulos is doing. Not just spending stupid money for the sake of spending stupid money, as the Phillies have notably done in the past. These are smart moves, calculated moves and Alex doesn't take a lot of risk. I think this may be one of the the riskier moves that he's made because of the back end of that Riley deal. But again, 
we're talking about this guy's 25. You feel like he's going to be good for six, seven years at least of this 10-year deal, and that is your window to go out and win another championship or two. So, again, a great move, and I, I'm really excited to see what this payroll of the Braves looks like going forward. And that leads to the next topic. And I think a lot of people, when they saw the Austin Riley extension, said, what about Dansby Swanson? Where does he fit into all of this? Is there room? I just mentioned the future payroll. There is some room, depending on what the price is for Dansby. And Dansby is, unfortunately, starting to play his way out of perhaps the Braves' price range. Coming into the season, we talked about it, obviously, a lot in the offseason. I said I'd be comfortable giving Dansby a four- to five-year deal for around $12 million. I think that price has gone up. I think at minimum he gets $15 million a year now. There's some reports people saying he should get $20 million a year. I would not go that high on Dansby Swanson, and I'm one of his biggest supporters. I still think he should get a Brandon Crawford-type deal, you know, five, six years at around $15 million a year. I think that makes sense, and I think that's doable for the Atlanta Braves. If they do that, I mean, you're locking up your, again, young core, just extending that. Uh, then you have first, second, short, third, center, and right field all locked up for the next five or six years. And, you know, William Contreras, I've said, I think the way that he's uh, he's improved defensively, and obviously we know what he can do at the bat, you know, he could be the Braves catcher for the next five or six years. So you're pretty much locked up position player-wise for several years if you get Dansby on board. And then the next person you're looking at, is Max Freed. And I said this also in the, the offseason, and I've said it all along, starting pitchers, extending them, signing them long-term is a lot more risky because just of the fragility of, of major league pitchers because they're doing something their arms weren't designed to do and throwing all these innings and throwing the way that they do, you know injuries are a part of it. So it makes it much more risky when you are signing starting pitchers, extending starting pitchers, and Freed's still under control for two more years. Now, I think the Braves should and will look to extend Max Freed and keep him around. He's 28 years old now. So I think they'll look to do that, but I think it's okay to wait until even after next season to do that just to make sure – you know, you try to eliminate as much risk as possible when extending starting pitchers. But I do think they have to look at trying to extend Max Freed through his age 35 season. So maybe another, you know, five years, four or five years uh, after his arbitration years are up. But again, I think that one could wait a little longer just because starting pitchers are a little bit more risky. But the Braves have been looking for that top of the rotation ace for so long. I'd really hate to see Max Freed get away from them. But there is no question Alex Anthopoulos doing a great job locking up these players when they are young, building a core group of guys that are going to be here, like I said, really for the rest of this decade when the Braves are going to be contending for championships. So love this move from Alex. Love this move for Austin Riley. Glad he's going to be the Braves' third baseman for pretty much all of his career unless a trade comes up at some point. Speaking of trades, the Braves made three of them on Monday. We'll talk about those next.
If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's great joys, and they have a new flavor that you're going to love, which includes cookie dough covered in chocolate. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puff. They sent me some of these. They are fantastic. They're light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks inside, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself, as I have done for my wife. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You are loving the new cookie dough chunk puffs, whether you need a snack, for your workout or a late night treat or just need to grab a quick bite built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 off your order again use promo code locked 15 at checkout to get 15 off your order at built.com it was a very busy day on monday figures to be an even busier day on tuesday but the braves made Three trades on Monday to help improve the depth of their team. Perhaps the biggest of those being trading Will Smith for Jake Odorizzi. Now, I had talked about the possibility of the Braves including Will Smith in a trade this offseason, perhaps attaching him with a prospect to go get somebody like Noah Syndergaard to offset that money. But Alex Anthopoulos is able to do that, is able to trade Will Smith without giving up a prospect and gets a player in return that I think adds more value to the Braves than what Will Smith was giving them. Now, we all know the ups and downs of Will Smith. He's very capable of turning it on, as he did at the end of last year and being very good. But the Braves already have plenty of lefties. I think Dylan Lee you know, takes the spot of Will Smith with what he's done this year. The Braves all you know, have mentor. They have, they have lefties that they can use. So I thought, you know, Will Smith, obviously, I thought he was the weakest link in the bullpen right now. And for Alex Antopoulos to be able to trade that for a piece in Jake Odorizzi, who has been a solid starting pitcher for the Astros. I know he's underwhelmed there. He's had some injuries. But, I mean, he's been a solid, you know, third, fourth, you know, back of the rotation type starter, which I think is all the Braves need. And this just gives them depth. It gives them another guy. You know, if they wanted to go to a six-man rotation, especially over the next couple of weeks, where you have some double headers, the Braves can do that now. And Jake Odorizzi gives them that flexibility. And if you want to move Spencer Strider back to the bullpen to save some innings, you now have a guy in Odorizzi who can come in and give you five or six quality innings each time out. So I love this move for the Braves. I thought it was a very savvy, smart move, a way to get rid of a, a player who honestly just didn't have a role for this team and get somebody in return who I think could pay big dividends down the road. I don't expect Odorizzi to start, you know, a postseason game, but as far as getting through these next two months of the season, it could be invaluable having a guy like Odorizzi at the back of your rotation to give you some quality innings and help you get some more wins down the stretch. Braves also traded Trey Harris for Aray Adrianza, old friend of the Braves and World Series champion from the Washington Nationals. Uh, I said it in the, the post I did yesterday on our YouTube channel, I love Trey Harris. I think he's a great person, a great guy. I wish the best for him. I think he's most likely a fourth outfielder, but I uh, love Trey Harris. 
Um, so again, wish him all the best. Adrianza, it's a slight upgrade over Robinson Cano. It doesn't move the needle a whole ton, but I do think it's a slight upgrade over Robinson Cano, but just because Adrianza can play multiple positions, he can play shortstop or third if he needs to. Switch hitter, he's going to give you a quality at bat off the bench, can run a little bit. So, you know, he can just do things that Robinson Cano couldn't. And I even heard people say, you know, why wouldn't you just keep Phil Gosselin? I think he's still better than Phil Gosselin. Um, but again, it's not a huge upgrade, but it is a slight one. The Braves also traded Chris Anglin for Robbie Grossman. Robbie Grossman, I thought, is a nice pickup. Um, his power obviously down this year, just two home runs after hitting 23 last year. He is a switch hitter, but he has crushed left-handed pitching. So for me, Robbie Grossman is the replacement for Adam Duvall as somebody who can crush lefties from the right side. You can platoon him with Eddie Rosario. So I thought this was another really solid depth move. But it begs the question, are the Braves done? Do they still have enough left to go out and get a big bat? Can they still get Ian Happ or Brandon Drury or somebody else to become that starter in left field? And then you just have Rosario and Grossman off the bench for platoon situations. Uh, Rosario obviously coming off the bench against righties or maybe getting a start against righties um, and Grossman against lefties. So, I think this sets the Braves up so that they don't make another move. I think they're they're still okay. Then they can go through the rest of the season with a platoon of Grossman and, and Rosario in left field. But obviously, as a fan, I would love to see them go out and make another move to kind of put an exclamation point on it. But if this is all the Braves do, I think they're okay. I still think maybe they go, to, go out and try to find another right-handed reliever. Again, would love for them to go out and get a big bat, but – the moves Alex made on Monday, these were certainly just depth moves to, um, you know, to just make those marginal moves, which is what I said in the beginning. I said in the beginning of this trade deadline, that's all I'm really looking for Alex and Tablas to do. The core pieces that are there, I believe can win a world championship. And I know not all of you in the comments agree with that, but I believe the core of this team is still built to win a world series. So, more for me on this deadline, it was just about replacing the depth, replacing Cano, Heredia, Mike Ford on the bench, you know, making an upgrade uh, in the bullpen and creating some depth in the starting rotation. You know, they've done that with Odorizzi. They're hoping that Yates comes back in the bullpen. Uh, they replaced Mike Ford with Robbie Grossman. They replaced Cano with Adrianza. Heredia has still survived somehow and is on this bench to wave those swords. Um, so there may be another move coming, but if not, I still think Alex has done a great job of just improving the depth of this ball team, uh, which is what they really needed going down the stretch. All right, next, I want to catch you up from all the trade news from Monday and set you up for Tuesday as well, the trade deadline and the Braves starting a series with the Phillies. I mentioned the trade deadline on Tuesday. The Locked On Podcast Network will be covering it exclusively on Locked On MLB on YouTube. I will also be posting short videos on Locked On Braves on YouTube if any more trades come up on Tuesday. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On MLB on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves on YouTube to get all the trade deadline coverage and reaction. As far as some other news from Monday, 
Uh, and really going into Tuesday, it sounds like the Juan Soto sweepstakes are down to the Padres, Cardinals, and Dodgers. Uh, the Yankees traded for Frankie Montas, a big move there. Cardinals got Jose Quintana. No, he was a target for the Braves for starting pitching depth. The Padres traded for Josh Hader in a surprising move there. As the Brewers get back Taylor Rogers in that deal and some prospects as well. That was a very uh, big move on Monday. The Astros got Trey Mancini from the Orioles. The Astros got Christian Vazquez, and the Red Sox got Tammy, uh, Tommy Pham. Not sure what the Red Sox are doing over there. They're kind of buying and selling, but either way, uh, those are some of the bigger notable moves that went down on Monday. Expect to see a lot more on Tuesday. As far as what's left, there's still some really good bats out there. Again, I mentioned Soto, uh, William Contre- or Wilson Contreras, uh, Josh Bell, Ian Happ, J.D. Martinez, Whit Merrifield, Brandon Drury, Ramon Lariano, and Joey Gallo are some bats still available. On the pitching side, not quite as much. and I think the Braves are probably done at starting pitching, but Pablo Lopez, Tyler Malley, uh, Noah Syndergaard, some of the more notable starting pitching names out there still available. So, like I said, a lot still to happen on Tuesday. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked On MLB and Locked On Braves on YouTube for all the instant reaction there. As far as on the field Tuesday, the Rays will begin a two-game set at home against the Philadelphia Phillies before beginning a 11-game road trip. It'll be Spencer Strider versus Nick Nelson in the Phillies' bullpen on Tuesday. Again, will be a, a bullpen game. Nick Nelson hasn't started a game all year for the Phillies, but has been their long reliever out of the bullpen Uh, Strider, great his last time out. He has allowed one earned or less in five of his last six starts, and he's gone at least six, or he's gone six innings exactly in four of those six starts. So, again, been really good. Hopefully that continues on Tuesday. He can have a good start, and the Braves offense can get after that Philadelphia Phillies bullpen and get a stress-free win. Uh, Take as many of those as we can get, but got to get it done on the field. I feel like the Braves offense sometimes struggles in bullpen games, Hopefully that's not the case on Tuesday. They can rack up the runs, and hopefully you see a somewhat rejuvenated team now that everybody can breathe a sigh of relief. They know what the team's going to look like going forward. I think you see that a lot of times after the trade deadline. You know, a lot of nerves leading up to that. Am I getting traded? Am I getting replaced? Am I losing my spot in the lineup? I think a lot of times after the trade deadline, you see players just have a a sigh of relief. They know what the squad's going to look like. They know what their roles are going forward. So hopefully you see a little bit more relaxed team. They can come out and get a big win on Tuesday to start this two-game series off and separate some distance in the wild card. Look, our focus is on the NL East, as it rightfully should be. You want to avoid that first-round scenario. But the Braves are the top wild card team, and they have a pretty good lead over the Phillies and Cardinals who are in that last spot. But you would love to create some separation there and really just put that to bed that the Braves are going to be one of the top two wild card teams. So, which is very important, obviously, when it comes to home field advantage in that first round, you want to be that top wild card team. So this is an opportunity for the Braves to create some separation between them and the Phillies. They'll have plenty of opportunities over the next couple of months to do that. But after losing that series to the Phillies in Philadelphia, will be great to come in in Atlanta and sweep this quick, two-game set before going out on a big road trip. That will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen 
of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with all the trade deadline coverage and obviously Tuesday's game. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves as well. I'll have instant reaction if any more trades go down on Tuesday. Now make your second listen, the Lockdown MLB podcast, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, thanks for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 